Hello everybody, Andrew here. The episode you're about to hear was recorded rather impromptly uh, on the way to the Lakes International Comics Art Festival uh, the weekend of October 17th, 2015. Michael and I decided to record the conversation on our way to and returning from that International Arts Festival. Uh, As such, this isn't really going to be considered a proper episode, it's not going to be considered a proper special, and the audio is a little bit ropey because it was recorded in the car. Uh, If you have sensitive ears, this can be quite difficult to listen to in places because I have listened back to it, so if you don't want to listen, that's fine, no problem at all. If you don't, we will be back on November 5th, Bonfire Night, with a special episode of Hey Kids Comics, our first in the new special format that we're trying out. Uh, If you do choose to listen to this, I hope you enjoy it, because we had a blast. See you all soon. Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey Kids Comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Uh, proceed to Scott Lane. I've got a Scott Lane for. I don't know. I'll get out my motorway, Arthur. Oh, is it taking me to Standish? Make a U turn and proceed to Scott Lane. I know how to get on the motorway better. You can, you know. Hello, everybody! Hello, everyone. (laughs) It's been a while. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And we're going up to the Lake International Comics Festival. In the Lake. In Kendall, the home of the mint cake. In Kendall, the home of the mint cake. You're hoping to score some mint cake, aren't you? I am. They're the best thing from the lakes. We're uh, we're going primarily to see Darwin Cook. That's why I'm going anyway. Why are you going? Uh, Dave McKean. Alright, is Dave McKean there today? He is. I thought Dave McKean's talk was on Friday night. It is pretty sad it is today. Right. Okay, fair enough. Or at least I was led to believe. Right, where did you find this information out? On the website. Oh, right. They have um, the times for all the signings in the clock tower. Yeah. Make a U-turn and proceed to Marsh Green. So it's all of them. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Actually, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling it. No, I know where we're going. I'm thinking I'm taking you back, and we're not, are we? We do want exit to go roundabout back. onto Marsh Green. Then it's the roundabout. Take the first exit onto Scott Lane. Sorry, Suri. It's early. Suri. See you. the roundabout. Take the first exit onto Scott Lane. Is that a name? Yeah. Okay. Terribly sorry, Suri. I'm just gone into autopilot and think I'm driving Michael back to uh, unit, and that's not what I'm doing. Have you woken up properly? Yet? Apparently not. No. And that guy's going to push me now because that's a giveaway, and I just didn't give way. Sorry, dude. Turn left onto Woodhouse Drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So series all about the bars, so. all about the base, no travel. 
farm. <laughs> yeah, um, I did a bit, yeah. Isn't it funny, we, we, we were talking before we started recording. Yeah, and now it's all stage and like, Yeah, we'll relax. We've got our radio voices we've, on. We've also forgot how to do it. Yeah. Apparently. So yeah, Darwin Cook, so we're going to his talk. Yeah. I don't know if they'll let us record it. They may do, apparently. And Stuart Immanent. Imminent. Turn left onto Woodhouse Drive. Is that his name? Imminent. 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 It's imminent. Stuart. No, that's what, when I typed his name into, what's his name? Right. To, I did my little bit of research to see what comics of his I had that I could get signed. Right. Obviously, he has to sign Star Wars number eight for me. Okay. It's, it's start on the new Star Wars line. But I was looking, because I was like, he did a run on Superman. And I really yeah. loved his run on Superman. 1.7 miles, right. turn right onto Old Lane. Okay, all right. So then... Uh, I was trying to find a decent issue of Superman, and I thought, you know what would be cool? What? The Superman Red, Superman Blue. You know, the, the ice skater Superman. Yeah. And that was a one-shot special, and he, he worked on that. I thought, that'd be great. But, uh, and like when we saw John Bogdan over at London, he signed a Superman Lightning, like the Electron Blue Superman. Yeah. So uh, my quest is to get all my Electron Blue issues signed by creators, <laughs> and have them look at it and go, really? And me go, yeah, I quite like this story. Sorry. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. But my copy's got a 3D cover. Right. With, you know, like, it comes with 3D glasses and everything. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going, why the hell have I got this? I hate 3D comics. Absolutely cannot stand 3D comics. I've only ever not gone back and read Last Sun, that right, Richard yeah. Donner arc on Superman, because I've got the 3D issue. And the only thing I can think of is you talked me into buying the 3D one. Not the... Electron Blue because you were only like two or three then but last sum you probably said go on buy the 3D one because you like 3D comics don't you? I guess but I wasn't properly reading comics when last sum came out Were you not 2006? I read it after the fact You were reading them but weren't you waiting for it to finish? It wasn't even that I just read it because I liked the artwork at the time but I read it after it all came out Right because I don't remember anything about it other than it completely dampened my ardour towards the Superman books. Right. With how late it was. And it was like, it was another one of those, you've got one job, it's to get a comic out a month. That's your job. If you can't do that, give it to somebody you can. And it just got so tiresome. But you know those Eagle Moss, is it Eagle Moss? Eggmonts? Whatever. The big hardbacks that they release in the news agents and all the spine to make a picture. Oh yeah, okay. They did it for Marvel, and they were successful, so the Marvel ones expanded by 30 odd more than I didn't bother buying. And now they're doing DC. And now they're doing DC, and ooh, Doctor And the last issue of that I saw in the news agents was Superman Last Son. Right. And I almost bought it, because you know, they're only 9.99. Mm. And I almost bought it, A, to have a hardcover copy of it on my bookshelf that's easy to read instead of breaking my neck getting long boxes down. But also, because I was thinking this won't be the 3D version. Yeah. Because they well, won't include the 3D specs in them, will they? They've released two versions, I think. Have they? Yeah. So should I try and hunt down the issue that isn't 3D just so I can read that comic? Yeah. Because I cannot stand 3D comics. Because they have released two versions of Final Crisis. Have they? Oh, because of the Superman Beyond issue? Yeah. Which one have you got? Or have both. you got both? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I read the non-3D one, didn't I? Yeah, the trade's non-3D and the um, Absolute is 3D. So the Absolute comes with 3D specs? Yeah. Oh, cool. 
it's not a bad pass. Right, turn right onto Old Lane. This isn't this isn't a turn right. It's a bend in the road. It actually quite works in absolute because once you get past the spine, yeah. with it being quite a large format, yeah. three in a quarter of a mile at the roundabout, take the second exit onto Sheffington Lane. They did a Batman 3D, John Byrne did it, and I, yes. I can't read that either. That was the first 3D one. Oh yeah, you love that. You read that as a kid. Yeah. The, the black That's the roundabout. Take the second exit onto Sheffield yeah, Lane. do a version of that that wasn't 3D for people like me. <laughs> Somebody on the internet must have done that, mustn't they? Yes. Does that not defeat the whole point of Batman 3D? It does defeat the whole point of it being Batman 3D, and it is kind of like a throwback to the 60s. Batman TV show, isn't it? Yeah. In three quarters of a mile, at the roundabout, take the first exit onto a digital line. Cyclists, underwear, on a bend, this early in the morning, shouldn't be allowed. Not that I don't love your cyclists, I do, but you know what I'm like when I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. If you're in my way, I don't like you. It's as simple as that. In fact, Maybe we should put that though, something like that, instead of the, I don't know if that's going to affect anything. Anyway, we're on a chintzy recorder, so you'll have to live with the sound quality. Oh, speed cameras. Freaking hate them and all. <laughs> As an adult, is oh it? Oh my right? God, that's my old year seven English teacher. Is it? Wow. What, catching the bus, though? Yeah, no one likes her. Oh, I'm sure she's lovely. Oh. Oh, slow down so the speed camera Nazis don't get me. She had a rod up her ass. Did she? Yes. Yeah. What about? Everything. <laughs> that sounded like Motley in a bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your mum's fair foot sat in just today when we're picking you up. This is boiling. Some bloody 25. What is it about women? I don't know. They're always cold. I mean, the, the temperature of the water in baths is lava. The A what? The A fifty two or that? You know you drive down these roads all the time and never take any attention to what the road numbers are. Because <laughs> you just say, oh yeah, that's the road to look. Take the first exit onto A fifty two at nine. Okay, I will do exactly that. We. I could probably drive to like. St. Helens, Manchester, and Liverpool, no problem now. Because the amount of time. You'd be surprised how little attention you pay yeah. when you're not driving. I mean, we used to go around all those places when I was a kid, and I just sat in the back reading comics, so I never actually paid any attention to how we got there. Whereas your mum paid attention to all that. She knows all those little shortcuts. That's my dad. I don't pay any attention. So anyway, yeah, Stuart Inman. So ultimately I ended up picking, um, I don't remember. Wow. Adventures we of went Super- all that way oh, around no. just for you to not Ad- remember. Adventures of Superman 250? Does that sound right? I've- it's got a blue cover and it's Superman being all heroic. And another reason for not picking Superman 3D is Immerman didn't do the cover. Immerman right. didn't do the cover. Oh, anyway, this tangent started with me saying when I typed in Stuart Immerman into the internet to look what he worked on, it came with Stuart Immerman imminent. Right. That's where all this started from. Okay. So that's the issue that I've picked for him, along with Sherlock. And of course, that uh, Fantastic Four annual that we covered on a previous.
the stuff that he's done. And he's always done little headshots of things. Yeah. Like Catwoman. And it does only look like it's six lines. Which, like, you know, it's six lines I couldn't draw. But uh, he's a professional artist and I'm not. So it went from being a must-read book yeah. to a good book to completely 
still think issue three is awesome. Yeah. But and even worse than the releasing issues in the wrong order, they started the new series before the last one. Before the last one finished. And you're like, who's, who's in charge of these people? And it's one it's another one of those things like you cut creative people slack because the creative process doesn't work to a clock and that's fine also. But at the same time you're supposed to be a professional getting a monthly comic book out. Well, there's a difference between creative freedom and professionalism. There is. And comic companies don't know that. Not at the minute they don't. Do you remember when Stan Lee was like this book ships on time or else? Yeah. Or else uh, Kirby draws over your pages. Or Vinnie Coletta does. Because it was Kirby that got drawn over. Yeah. The other way around. Well, Kirby wasn't, never missed a deadline. Yeah, wasn't Kirby the go-to guy? Yeah. Kirby always got where he was going. But it's like I was reading your Final Crisis. Final Crisis. Infinite Crisis. For right. a show that's upcoming. And um, that god-awful two-page splash in the last issue. Which one? That's not finished. It looks like he's penciled it, but nobody's inked it, so they just spilled some red ink over it. Oh, no, that one. And yeah, then in the omnibus, it's finished. So it looks really nice. It's two different artists right. doing it. I think I'm for the pencil one. You can't see it, though. The colouring's muddy. Was it Ordway who did the more finished one? I don't know. I think I'm Wright's finished it off. Who, did, who was the main pencil? I know it's Phil Jimenez. Phil Jimenez finished that page for the omnibus and he recolored it. Right. And then the last, there's a two-page splash at the end that's god-awful. And George Perez has completely redrawn it. And we've talked about this before because you thought it was Ordway and it isn't. Right, it's okay. far too bad to be Ordway. I don't know who it is, but it's absolutely terrible piece of work. And George Perez just completely redrew it from scratch. And now it looks gorgeous because it's George Perez. Right. So they were up against deadlines. And they're not saying DC is completely, you know. Well, they have gone back and tweaked that one. Yeah, I don't like There's a lot of dialogue alterations as well. Is it, yeah, 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 there is. So yeah. we'll talk about when we do the show. Hey, there you go, the lakes. Hey. See, it's not that far away, is it? It's, not. it's probably closer than far, but all things considered. It's not Oh yeah, you're a student. You wouldn't know that, would you? No. It's 2.8.30s in a day. I do pretty well for myself. Is this normal when you're going to bed? Yeah, you pretty much. like, if I'm in bed at around 4, I can get up to 10.
a series of saga. That's very good. Although, in primary school, Mr. Hoburn used to say Michael knows more about art than I do. Well, fair enough. He said that at your uh, poet's evening once. Right. Which was jolly nice of him. He was a nice guy, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, doing four years of fine art as well. Yeah. When we were looking at Hogarth and some of the original British painters and illustrators who started doing like sequential storytelling. Yeah. I already know quite a few of them. So it's quite a benefit. I hate lorries that do that. Hey, I'm a lorry, so I can just pull out in front of you like a knob. Because they were pretty much like where all the um, punch magazines and stuff came from. Right. They evolved from that Hogarth style of storytelling. Right. So is this what you're doing, history? Yeah. That's good. Well, we've been given our first project. Which is? We've been put into groups. Yeah. And we all have to do a presentation on different things. And the one we've got is Australian syndicated comics. Alright. So what's that then? We have to look at more syndicated comics in Australia and how it's evolved and changed. So is that the daily strips like Flash yeah, Garden? Yeah. So on the, your daily strips you would have your three panels. Yeah. And then on your Sunday you would have more of... You'd have the colour strip. Yeah. And what they would do is, because as a newspaper, they have to cut them up so that it's landscape or portrait, usually the first line of panels yeah. is your logo and then an establishing panel. The only the so that they can be cut out. Yeah. If you look through a loads of Calvin and Hobbes, the first couple of panels it's are just a standalone comedy gag. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm reading at the minute. In I'm fact, what's really good about Calvin and Hobbes is halfway through, it completely changes. Why? Because earlier, the the artist was limited to his three panels. Right. But then, after a while, when they... Bill Watts. Yeah. When they wanted to turn it into a, a franchise, and he said, nobody wants artistic freedom, and he just stopped doing it. Right. So then when they started reprinting it and realised how popular it was as its own... In book form. He got it back and let him have an entire full page that allowed him to be more right. free. So there's stuff in the collections that never saw print in the dailies? No, it's all in the dailies. Right. Uh, but he got an entire page to himself. Oh, right. So he got an entire page to himself. That's why if you look at some of the later stuff, he's got massive, like, Kirby-esque scenes. Right. Just a Calvin Hobbs though. Because yeah, Calvin and Hobbs is awesome. Yeah. Because I'm reading the Spider-Man newspaper strips. I got two volumes of that for quite cheap. Right. And I've also got the old trade paperbacks from the 70s. And in the trade paperbacks, they've chopped panels out to make the story flow better. Right. And in the newer ones, they've just published the strips as they were. And the older ones read better, because they've made it flow as a story. And I remember when Dark Horse published Star Wars' daily strips, they got complaints that they were cutting bits out. Right. But they actually cut it out to make it flow as a comic book, not as a daily strip. Yeah. And as I've got older, I'm, I used to hate them chopping and changing the comic books. As I've got older, I'm actually like, no, this is a more satisfying reading experience yeah. when you're reading it as a whole rather than reading it as three panels a day. The guy who does our lectures, he's not an artist, but um, he uh, really likes Calvin Hobbes. It's his favourite thing. Like, he's a um, big fan of Little Nemo, Slumland as well. Oh, right. Which is really cool.
Bumble lasagna each. Oh, all of you getting one of those little Garfield black and white pocket boots. Yeah. Because they're not cheap and not expensive, man. See, well, he's like the anti Bill Watterson, isn't he? Yeah. Jim Davis just sold out for every piece of merchandise he could get and pop, pocketed the money. And you know what? I'd probably be him, not Bill Watterson. I appreciate Watterson's creative integrity. Yeah. I'd probably be Jim Davis. You want to put Garfield on underpants? <laughs> Give me the check. I quite like um, Schultz as well, because we were looking at the evolution of peanuts. Oh, the early Schultz stuff. Yeah, and it was so weird to see how it was his, his um, Parkinson's that caused the art style that everyone knows. Really? Why? Um, because originally it's very cartoony. Yeah. Think, think more Family Guy. Right. Right? He got his Parkinson's, and because he was shaking so violently, that's where the peanuts art style comes from. Really? And so he carried on drawing? Oh, he did it every single day for 50 years. Yeah. And the last one he did hours before he died. Oh. In fact, the last one, because he knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So his last one was a letter written by him to the audience through Snooper. Oh. Well, I find that reading. And of course, because of it being the last one, they gave him an entire page to himself. Richard Ryder was Nova, and now he's the new kid, um, Tim, no, 
recognise the ignorance to what the course is about. Yeah. yeah. And then the DC. Like, that's that's it. And Sorry, curious. Oh yeah. So you've heard a preacher have you? Oh, what's that? Have you not? So you're you're invisible, is it? Invisible omnibus. Oh. So today we will be studying this. I I could I I, I could teach on that course. Because yeah. I've told you when we were doing artist styles. We were going through them all, and I was reeling them all off. Yeah. I mean, a couple of the obvious ones I was beaten to, but it's like, who's this? Oh, it's, it's Carlos Esquizera. No, it's not. Then it's Simon Bisley. <laughs> and, and the old 2000 AD ones, though. They're not throwing Jack Kirby and Steve Dick. Oh, yeah. No eyes. Yeah. Kirby was in there. Right. No eyes, no Dick. No eyes, no? <laughs> no. Although we did, uh, because the, what it was, we had to pick artists out of a hat. Swapping going on because people wanted others and da, 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 da. everyone's fighting over Frank Miller because he's a piss easy artist to imitate. Yeah, because he's crap. So I swapped for um, Joe Cuba and Dave McKean. Fighting oh, Steve Dillon? Yeah, we had, we had to pick another one as well. Right. And someone else had Dillon. And I thought, right, I really want Dillon, but I really want the two I've got. So I'll just do him as my third. Right. But there were some really cool ones, like everyone's going for. As well, because uh, oh my god, killing joke is the Bible. A lot of people do think that, don't they? They do. The killing joke is shit. <laughs> is that the side you come down on there? My opinion of that is further reinforced by the course I'm on, the right. people I'm surrounded by. And the fact that DC have just said that they will allow an R rated version of that to be produced. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, our competition is winning and they're family friendly, so we'll go and They don't work on 
because if you if someone asks you what a film is about if the only way you can answer that question is to just tell them what happens in the film then the film has failed yeah. at being about something well that's why I'm looking forward to you watching Under the Skin right because it's really weird yeah and yes Scarjo takes all the clothes off whoa but in the context of the film it makes sense and your mum was actually your mum watched it with me and you can tell when your mum's enjoying something because she puts the iPad down yeah 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 and she's watching it and it's really tonally very strange and it's got this brilliant soundtrack that just sounds like somebody dragging a cat over a violin right. all the way through the film and she's got a brilliant British accent yeah I'll give her that basically she just drives around Scotland picking men up yeah indeed she like isn't it that episode of Angel with the sex demon it is pretty much that episode of Angel it's also V if, okay. you, if you read, if you pay attention to it properly. Yeah. Um, but there's an old other layer to it that I'm not going to spoil for you because you've not watched it yet. Okay. That I've been thinking about it for, for the two weeks since I watched it. Yeah. Just bits of it will just keep putting me back in my mind and I'll go, oh, right, that's, that's what that bit meant. That's what makes a good story. Yeah. And I've not deleted it so you can watch it. I may watch it again. Right. Because it was really quite an impressive piece of work. I don't understand how it cost as much as it did because it was something like a budget of like 30 million and it didn't make it back and I'm like you've got Scargio in a crappy transit van driving around Scotland how the hell did this cost 30 million dollars yeah. well, it first caught my eye when they were advertising it when we went to London last year and I just thought the poster yeah. that they used for the front cover of the DVDs and stuff was just really it is cool it's really evocative and it's a very interesting film and well worth looking at. But the best thing was the nude scene, which takes all the clothes off. And your mum's looking at it going, ScarJo's got curves? Yeah. She's a proper woman? She looks like she eats? And you're like, yeah. I suppose it also didn't help the film that um, Lucy came out at around the same time. Well, to me, this, those two films piss all over the idea that Black Widow couldn't carry her own film. Because she carries under the skin yeah. brilliantly. And she carried Lucy, and they're two completely different movies. And she's equally good in both of them. Even your, your sister is, loved Lucy. Even if Lucy is the tired, we don't use 99% of our brain. Lucy's, Lucy's a popcorn flick. Yeah. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, though. I think that's what it was. She wanted to do something she, a bit more. She's done two things back to back, though, that show A, her range as an actress, B, that she can carry a movie, and so completely different tonally. Saying Lucy's popcorn. I mean, there are underlining subtextual themes to it that you can read from it if you want to. Yeah. But it's a popcorn Luke Besson flick, and your your sister loved it. Your sister loved Lucy because your sister loves Scarjo. Yeah. She loves her as Black Widow. She wants to go as Black Widow for Halloween. Right. So, but so she loved Lucy. I was a bit what's it at the level of violence once yeah. we got into watching it, and I was a bit. I don't think Andy should be watching this, but by that point it was too late. Yeah. yeah. Sister's like, that's just washing all over her. Mm. She's just paying attention to the fact that it's scared your kicking ass. Yeah. Well, not only with Andy, but she's grown up with me, Adam, and you. Yeah. She's grown up seeing that she's a preacher lying around. Well, yeah, yeah. So. Like, we have said you can tell Andy was raised with two brothers. Yeah, unfortunately. For better and worse. I'd say for better. Yeah. We, we preferred her. <laughs> well, I just hope you're both going to be there when she brings on the wrong guy. She's not going to bring home a guy. No, well, she's not going to bring <laughs> home the wrong guy because she's too smart for that. But you never know. Kid, girls go through phases, don't they? 
Manchester United are at that point in their life. I don't know. I'll come back in in the next season. <laughs> are you deep? Yeah. Oh no, you're not a boyfriend. That's just wrong. It's really weird watching Supernatural and him working with a Dean. It's really weird going back and seeing Dean, Sam. As Gilmore. Yeah. As the Dean, whatever his name was. He yeah. was Dean Gilmore, wasn't he? He was not. Yeah, because he's so... Do you know what? Have you, watched, have you been watching... I've been watching the Clone Wars cartoon and you've seen one or two with me when you've come home. Yeah. Anakin Skywalker in that series is not Hadian Christensen. He's Jared Padalecki. Right. Look at him. Okay. Look at his face. And I, every time I watch it, I say to you, your mum, look at him. And she was watching one the other day with me and she said, he is Jared Padalecki, is he? Yeah. The chin. It's like they've thrown away the picture of Hayden Christensen and gone, nah, we'll have this Jared guy. <laughs> do, do you remember him? <laughs> Who? Who? Yeah, he was, he was Anakin. What? Who? Because they keep talking about he's going to be back for episode 7, as they have heard. I heard it was 8. Is it episode 8? Yeah. Right. You can't get him back for 7 now. No, 7's been filmed, hasn't it? No, because they've done quite a good job of releasing all this merchandise about episode 7 and having all this stuff on the shelves yet yeah, what do we actually know about the film nothing we don't know anything do we well it's kind of like uh, Batman vs Superman hmm. we don't know anything about it but I mean essentially they've just thrown everything out the wall and seen what'll stick yeah but see with Batman and Superman from the trailers and stuff you can make educated guesses about what the film's gonna be yeah we've seen enough of it for you to be able to extrapolate okay the film's gonna be this Batman's a bit annoyed about the end of Man of Steel. My interpretation of it is, yeah, Batman's annoyed by the end of Man of Steel. Batman's the villain in this film. Right. And Alfred will be ultimately the one who tries to convince him, no, oh, this Superman guy's on the level. This this story seems awful familiar. Yeah, did, it did, did, did Frank Miller write it? It's very heavily influenced <laughs> by Frank Miller, yes. But Star Wars, we don't know anything about it. Other than Luke Skywalker must survive because Hamill has been seen in Ireland... Right. Ostensibly or allegedly filming scenes for episode eight already. Right. So okay. Luke must survive episode seven. So he doesn't have an Obi Wan moment in episode seven, where he sacrifices himself for the greater good. Unless he does, and that's what they were filming. Unless, unless there's the episode eight stuff, he's just a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That works. But so far, we don't know anything about the plot, and it's actually been masterful. Yeah, they're keeping it under wraps. They've been careful what to show. Yeah, rather sensibly, in my opinion. Do you think J.J. Abrams learned from the Into Darkness debacle? <laughs> where he was, no, we're not doing Khan. No, we're not doing Wrath of Khan. Yeah. No, Benedict, Dirk Benedict Cumberbund isn't paying. Isn't playing. Dirk Benedict, Dirk X Benedict Cumberbund isn't playing Khan. Like and then lo and behold, he's Khan. Yeah, yeah. I like calling him Hubert Cumberdale. <laughs> That's my personal favourite. Hubert Cumberdale. Yeah. <laughs> I like Dirk X, Benedict Cumberbund. <laughs> Your mum finds that so amusing. Hey, look at Big Wind Farm. Must have been windy today, it's not moving. I think they're pretty cool, yeah. I like that. I think they look great. I always imagine that they're attached to an underground UFO. And when they start spinning, that UFO will take off from under the ground. I always think that's brilliant. Just me, obviously. Anyway, I wasn't listening to that. Nine miles, exit 30 what? Oh, shine a light. He's going a bit slow for a motorway, isn't he? Uh, exit 36. Thank you. Come on, dude, you're on a motorway. He's an old guy. Only 40 on a motorway. That's dangerous. 
evinced by the fact that I only smashed into the back of it. You want to heat it back up? No, I'm fine. See, I can't play while I'm... I don't want the air conditioner on. There you go. Calm forth. Bloody hell, the last 10 miles has gone down fast. Yeah. See, this is the advantage of coming this early in the morning, I think. There are no advantages to coming this early in the morning. <laughs> oh, shut up, <laughs> student. I'm not awake at this time on a regular day. Navigator, dude. Yeah, I've got your maps. Yeah, we've, we've gone old school to where we actually get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, have you got the last two issues of Sandman? Yeah, they're on the table for you. Right, okay. The last I on the table. Because I was going to post them, yeah. Right. And then I was like, well, he's coming over for the latest comics festival. What's yeah, the point? Plus the first four are back at home. Oh, well, you can Did you get the J.H. Williams covers? I sent you all my up, I got in the right covers. Because I know Dave McKean did the rest of them, but they're a bit naff compared to the Williams. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say that to him, of course. No, of course not. Well, issue five, I didn't have any choice. I bought you what was there. Yeah, no, that's, that. that's an older one, isn't it? Yeah, because like I said to you, I saw issue six, yeah. but they only had the, the stupid special edition. All right, well, I didn't buy you the special edition. Right. I bought you the cheaper one. <laughs> no, I want the regular issue. Right, okay. Which will surprise nobody that I bought you the cheaper. So issue five, I didn't have a choice. I bought what was on the stand. Right, okay, okay. Find it weird that I don't hold 
same pedestal everyone else in my class does. I think Todd McFarlane's a piece of crap. As a person, and as an art style, he's fine, yeah. but I think everyone holds him in this, this high regard. And oh, I right, in terms of his standing in the industry. He's crap, because we were looking at costume design as well. It's like, what do you think of this costume? Oh, it's really good, it's like a mix of Venom and Batman. It's bollocks. Does he need more bloody <laughs> pouches on his belt? Does he need another bloody chain? No, he doesn't. My favourite thing was I bought you that Greg Capullo Batman statue for your birthday, and your mum said, why is he wearing a garter belt? <laughs> To that question, but yeah, but it's funny, so don't, yeah, yeah, so leave it alone. So, I should have a field there with spawn stuff, but because it is, I just don't understand what everyone thinks is so great about everything. Well, the thing with McFarlane is very much an artist who approaches his work with what looks cool, yeah, not what is practical. And I appreciate that it looks cool, it's just, I, it, it's not good. It might look cool, but it doesn't mean it's good. And I like him. I appreciate him, and I like him in certain things. But that doesn't mean that sometimes... It mean he's a good artist. He's a bit crap. Yeah. See, I, I think the same thing about McFarlane that I think about Rob Liefeld. I yeah. think they became huge before they could actually develop their styles as artists. Yeah, so they got so big before they, they yeah, could be good. they got big before they could be good, it exactly right. Picasso. So they stayed crap. Yeah. Because Liffield's not evolved as an artist because that's what he knows people like and that's what sells. Well, uh, that's, uh, Picasso was a big one. Right. His blue period, absolutely great. When he got popular, everything else was appalling. But when, when we were picking names out of the, the hat, the bag, whatever, yeah. my mate, Scouser Dave, because he's from Liverpool. Scouser Dave, because he's from Liverpool. Yeah, we, that's genius. We have Plymouth Ben, guess where he's from? Crouch End. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he, like, there was Rob Liffield floating around, and he actively went out of his way to talk someone into giving him Rob Liefeld just to do the Captain America one. Yeah, I I've read that Captain America issue one, haven't I? I yeah. got in the 50p, but... Hey, it's a lovely part of the world, isn't it? I did blow this one guy's mind, though. I said, you know, image never would happen if Marvel would pay for Jim Lee's wife's plane ticket. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, because of how massive they are now, it kind of blew his mind a bit. That's in that Marvel's the untold story. If Marvel had paid for him to take his missus, image would probably never have happened. Yeah. Oh, green and pleasant land. Look at all this. Rolling hills. There was quite something, um, when my tutors were talking about 2000 AD. Yeah. There's two of them have worked on 2000 AD. And they said, they were going, oh, it's a big thing, so the creators get loads of freedom and money for it. And I thought, yeah, they do now. Uh, they, they, they didn't when it first came out. It's like, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, but they do now. Was it, did you listen to your Scroobius Pepper to Garth Ennis? I've not yet. Have you not? Oh, have you listened to I it? have listened to it. Right, okay. It's really charming, because I didn't know he had a stutter. He does, it is. And it's, it's really charming, because it's when he's nervous about talking to Garth, who's one of his heroes. I was just going to say, listen to his Alan Moore one. Yeah, but when he calms down, and Garth does a really good job of calming him down. So Garth, fair play to Garth Ennis, though. And once he's just chatting with him, he's great. But I thought it was really quite charming. Yeah. No, but it's, it's a good interview. The only problem I have with the interview was it's two and a half hours, and it could have gone on for another two and a half hours. Yeah. Because the burly, they talk 
quite his early days a lot. They talk about a few troubles more and all of that stuff. Yeah. And then they get into Hellblazer and Preacher. And they do a big discussion of the boys. And then they just kind of have to stop because they run out of time. Yeah, well, that's the thing with him. He's, he does allow for some room. But I think two hours is maximum. Because essentially all they are is just he just goes round to the houses yeah. or where they're staying. Because he did Amanda Palmer and he did that backstage before our show. Right. So it's, it's not a proper thing. He just goes round to the houses with his recording and they have a chat and he records it. Right, because I don't know where he did Garth. Must yeah. have been in a hotel room then. Because Garth said he just got off a plane to go to a friend's wedding. Right. Oh, he mentioned who it was. It's an artist. Cy Spurrier, like okay. he said it was. So they were sending him off in fine style. He's, he's Alan Moore one as well, because again with the stutter, it's, it's kind of adorable hearing that and with Alan Moore. But as much as I have against Alan Moore, he's a fascinating Oh yeah, that was the same thing I thought with Grant Morrison. He's a fascinating guy to listen to. Yeah. He's a really interesting interview. And that's the one I'm waiting for now. Has he not done Grant Morrison? Through his paper Grant Morrison, though. Yeah, and it's a no-brainer, because he's a big fan of it. Well, who's he done so far, then? Because he said he's done Alan Moore. Out of comics. Yeah, so now he's done Garth Ennis. Alan Moore and Garth Ennis. Um, he, he mentioned somebody else in the interview. Right. And I can't remember who it was. Because he's done rappers, uh, actors, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I looked at the list and thought, because I, I found that one quite interesting interview. Yeah. And uh, I mean, thought, what else has he done? He's not really done anything else I'm interested in. Same one. Yeah, he's not really done anyone else I'm interested in. Same one was actually a really interesting one. Is he? And it's interesting seeing the people on it. Yeah. Russell Brand was the first one. Now, this was the height of Russell Brand's I'm going to sit in my hotel room and talk about politics I don't understand phase. Oh, right. Yeah. So, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't change anything. Oh, wait, I've changed my line, mind at the last minute. Yeah. Vote Labour. So that's what it was there for. <laughs> um, and oh, no. when Zane Lowe was on, it's just two guys talking about growing up with rap music. Right. So it's really interesting seeing who's on it. Again, with uh, Alan Moore and Garth Ennis, it's him meeting his heroes. Right. It's, it's just um, with Amanda Palmer, it's a musician who he's worked with before and has influenced him. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting seeing the different people who's on it. It is quite, it was, it was a really nice interview as well, because he's not, he's not towing any company line. Yeah, it's all, like, so he's, all yeah, company. he's not got an agenda, he's just basically talking to the guy about his work. And it was quite a fact, because I've never heard any being interviewed properly like that before. Yeah. I don't think he's ever done, and he's, he was brilliant talking about social media, and how he hates annotated comics. Right. Because that's just showing how clever you are. Yeah. And um, it, it was a really good interview. I really enjoyed it. That's the best thing about it because it's so it's in like the living room. Yeah, or, very informal. Yeah, I could have listened to him for another two and a half hours talking about what he's done since the boys. Yeah, and all of that because he has done a lot since the boys, and he only briefly touches on his um, his war story stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Alan Moore in that one they talks a lot about the boys. Yeah. Because Alan Moore said he appreciates Garth Ennis, he thinks he's a good writer, but when The Cross came out, he was like, it's garbage. Yeah. Oh, he mentions that in the interview? Yeah, because it's very in your face, and then Garth said to him, just Give it. Time. Yeah. <coughs> but it's just, as a podcast, it's interesting seeing who's on it. What was interesting about it as well? Scroobius Pip. I don't know if that's his real name. It's not. Pip. It's I, I, I just find it 
know his real name and he's a bit disappointed. Oh, I'll just call him Pip. But Pip asks him, you know, about the Preacher television series and Garth basically says, I'm as involved as I want to be. Right. Which basically take that means... how you will. Yeah, tell them how you will. He basically said, look, I did it. I've told that story. I'm not interested in spending the next five years retelling that story. Yeah. I've got all the stuff I want to be doing. If they want to go and do a TV show of it and if they want my input on anything, fine, I'm here. But I'm not day-to-day involved with it. I'm not really that concerned. As far as he's concerned, the story exists in the comments. Well, have you heard about what Seth Rogen said? No. There's stuff in this that Garth Ennis would never have dreamed of getting away with. <coughs> now, that kind of... Again, take that as you will. Well, that kind of reinforces the idea of the opinion I've had of it all along. Yeah. So, it's, it's, you know, we'll always have the comics. Yeah, that's true. We'll give it a go. But he was on about, he asked him, and have you got anything else in the pipeline? Right. And he was, he was on about, well, you know, with the way things are at the minute, there are certain projects that people have asked me about that they've optioned, and some are closer to happening than others. Yeah. But if I were to say something, I think the boys would probably go well at the minute, because now this stuff is now so embedded in culture, you can do, oh, this is a spoof on The Flash. Whereas yeah. ten years ago, people wouldn't have known who The Flash was. With our current movies, we think superhero films are great, but a pissed superhero movie would be just as popular. Yeah. Turn left, on to towards South Kendall. Right, I want to go left there. Too busy talking to you to pay attention. Uh, but what, it was interesting that he said that, and then just last week, they announced that the boys' television show's yeah. in development. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting. Oh, roadkill. Right, now we'll have to start paying attention to what we're doing now because we're in a part of the world that I've not driven much. Right. There are probably more parts of the world that I've not driven much than there are parts that I have. So which map are we using? Well, at the moment, just let us get into Kendall. Do you want the practical or the come shopping? Right. The come shopping, come shopping. <laughs> that sounds wrong, doesn't it? Right, we're down here at the absolute bottom. That'll do nicely. Means we can walk all the way up, won't it? Excellent. 
Well, thank you for listening, lovely listeners, to our journey. I don't know what that turned out like, but uh, I'll have a listen to it and see if it sounds okay. We'll uh, record on the way back with our thoughts of the Lakes International Comics Festival. See you soon. Bye-bye. My name is Bob Fisher, and I host a podcast called Superman Forever Radio. In every episode, I'll take an aspect of this character's long history and talk about it. From 1938 to the present day, from the comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, Superman has been part of my life for over 50 years. And if you'd like to know why, join me for each and every episode of Superman Forever Radio. So point your favorite podcatcher to Superman Forever Radio. That's Superman Forever Radio. SupermanForever.com That's where the microphone is. I don't know what it sounds like. It'll move around though. until I listen to it. So you, all right, you're probably right. Let's put it back down. Does it not rattle against that? I don't know. So hello, we're back. Oh, it's it's recording. Yeah, it's recording. Right. So um, we have finished our day at the Leeds International Lakes. Lakes. I keep saying Leeds. Don't the Lakes International Comics Festival. Yeah. Michael and I are uh, journeying home. So, what were your impressions? Uh, I I really liked it for what it was. Yeah, I really I liked it. I thought that it's it's not like a convention when you go to a con. Is this all one way? Looks like shiny light. Yeah, one way. Grand. So it was very relaxed. Yeah, it's like when you go to a convention, you're all in like one hall or maybe two halls, like what Thought Bubble does. This was spread out over the entire street, and it's yeah. just like, you know, it's a one Starbucks town. Yeah, it does help that it's it's just a one street. So, what you've got here is, um, and you'll have to forgive us because I have absolutely no idea, nor how do I know how to get back to where we want to be. Down there, maybe? I don't I, know, no, that looks like parking. And my phone batteries die, so until that beeps up with the charger I've got in the car... I can't put Suri on again, so we're just kind of winging it at the minute. I mean, it does look like every street is taking us in the same direction. It does. So at the moment, we should expect to what's um, should expect to sign at some point. Oh, well, oh yeah, there's a place called Turning Point. How fun! How fun! So it's all down the main street in Kendall, yeah. which is in the Lake District. No mint cakes. No mint cakes, which has shocked and surprised. I am a bit and appalled, young Michael. What does that sign say? The press? No. Does, does there an six? So oh, we don't want to go Penrith. We don't. We won't go home. <laughs> it's a bit of a drag, though. That's a one way, isn't it? Aye. Uh, what a drag. So anyway, yeah. And the different there are different locations for different things. So like, there's the um, save the clock tower. Yeah, there's only really two. Had the clock tower had guests in, and that was free, so you didn't have to pay for that. You could just wander around that. And then the Shakespeare Centre was the Canada place. Was converted into Canada because that's where they had all the, the Canadian guests. Because I didn't know Stuart Immanen was Canadian. Neither did I. Immanen was Canadian. Um, I think I knew Darwin Cook was, but it's something that yeah, you know, something I'd forgotten. Because it's one of those things where when you hear him talk, yeah, a boot. it's yes, it's quite. I still think it was weird just seeing him outside smoking. Well, just having a crafty fan. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so you, you walk up and down the street and you go to your different places and the entire town, I say town, the it's, entire street. It's like, you know in western films where the town is just one street, <laughs> one street. with buildings on either side, yeah. this is it. This is, this is uh, Cripple Creek, yeah, yeah. Or, or one of those um, towns that you would see in westerns. And you just wandered around and everyone had got involved, all the shops had some kind of comic related Fiffery in them. Yeah, it's it's like a quaint little town. They're all getting the Salvation Army as yeah, well. The Salvation involved. Army had comics related gubbins in their uh, in the windows. So everyone's going for. There was a couple of grumps, as there always are in these things. Some, yeah. I mean the 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 quantity of people in um, mobility scooters was uh, <laughs> was quite high. And as, as usual with those things, there is a certain amount of them that you wonder, should you really be in that? Yeah, there's a high rate of coffin and, dodgers. Yeah, there was a very high rate of coffin dodgers. And there was a very high rate of grumpy coffin dodgers who clearly didn't want the town being uh, interfered with by all these ruffian comics folk. But then, for the most part... As a town, as a community, you did get and they were open to... Yeah. You know, the, the outsiders coming in. Yeah, the majority of them. Do we want to be turning around going down there? I do not know. At this, I don't know how to get to the M6, so should I go here and then pretend that I'm in here like Let's not go down there. Let's down. not crash. <laughs> so, come on, Carl. As I try and reverse onto a main road, which is never right, okay. a good thing. This is where we ended up earlier on. So the only thing we didn't get to go to that we fancied going to was was Sean Phillips's exhibition of LP comic art. M6, that's what we want. Uh, yeah. Well, Wasn't it? That was a bit of a ball to get to. Yeah, it was, it was quite far out of town. Even with the, the caveat that it's a one-street well, town. We were there, it's just it was obviously invisible. <laughs> Yeah, we, we clearly the map was saying we were there, and uh, but it clearly wasn't. We're just driving down the canal now, which which really looks lovely. Yeah. Um, we got interviewed for telly. We did that. We will never see. That we'll never see, which is very upsetting. And it will be on the air as we record this lovely listener in seven, seven minutes. minutes. Well, it probably won't. It'll probably be like yeah. for an hour. It'll then. be the and finally yeah, at yeah. the end. And uh, the interviewer woman was lovely. She said she'd had a time slot cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all of what she filmed won't have gone on. But we plugged Hey Kids Comics and Two Tree Freaks. So, if that made it on TV, yeah. that would be quite impressive, wouldn't it? So, uh, so yeah, we got interviewed for telly by a lovely local tin pot news reporter. <laughs> uh, Michael had gone by the time she was finished. She was packing up all her equipment, so I, I helped her pack up. Because I'm nice like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we just got to chatting. And uh, we, were, we were on about... Um, there's not a lot of cosplayers here, there's not a lot of people in costume. And she was like, that was a bit upsetting. And I said, why? I said, you don't do that. I said, no, no, I don't go for the dress. So I appreciate the artistry of it. I appreciate seeing other people in it. But wow. uh, it's, it's not really, yeah, well, some of them. But it's <laughs> not really for me, it's not my thing. Yeah. And uh, she said, I know, but it makes for better television. Yeah, yeah. So, so she was at least honest like, that it does make for better, better TV. Yeah, because what do you want, like, reasonably attractive people cosplaying or... <laughs> Me and you! Your stereotypical comic fans who were there. Yeah, yeah, they were, so... But, uh, so she seemed quite impressed with... Hey, tell it. 
telly stars. Oh. You know what we should do what? on the episode? You know when um, back in the 70s when the Incredible TV show was up, they would just have with um, Marvel's TV sensation. Right. We should put on kids' comics <laughs> <laughs> with your TV sensations. <laughs> Sadly, we don't play the show on a regular basis anymore. But uh, so we got to see all the people that we wanted to see. Two of them. Uh, well, three for me. Well, yeah, yeah, I wanted, yeah. I wanted to get Kieran Gillen to, to sign some Darth Vader comics for me, which he, he graciously did. Uh, I also mentioned to him that we have a mutual acquaintance. Hi, Scott. <laughs> uh, and he remembered him, which was nice. Right. From, from his, uh, his days running the Kinnicky fan club. So that was pleasant. Um, Michael did say, if you listen to the first part of this, and why would you fast forward it through to the end? I don't, I don't exactly. get that. So if you were listening to the first bit, Michael was still obviously groggy because it, uh, it was quite early. <laughs> and he did actually say, why are we coming so early? Well, the answer, lovely listener, that the reason that we came so early was that we managed to walk pretty much straight into Stuart Immonen. Imminent. Imminent. Stuart Imminent. Uh, Darwin Cook. Without queuing. Yeah, Dave McKean. Pretty much. The queue for Dave McKean because I left you pretty early. Yeah. About 11. Yeah, you went to go see Dave, uh, Dave McKean and your eye went and so Yeah, so I left him. at 11 and I, so I was obviously there for five past. Yeah. And you only started signing at 12. So I'm poodling around and I, I just think 22 is a good time enough to start queuing. And I'm on my own there. I'm first on my 20 own. 20 minutes before a Dave so, McKean sign. I go for a quick slash. I knew there was an actual queue though. Yeah, so you're a bit miffed that you weren't first in the queue anymore. I find that a bit. I, I, I would rather have not been first. Because yeah. if you're first, you're up there and you're out of the way. Yeah. But if you're true. there, you can see him, you've got more time to propose. around him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can see what he's doing to other people as well. Other sketches. <laughs> Bend over! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like other drawings and such. But it can be a bit annoying when you've got some guy who's brought every trade every single thing did you get that oh god yeah see because I didn't Stuart Immerman's guys had all kind of brought one or two trades that was it Darwin Cook especially they'd only brought one or two yeah. I mean I don't know if these guys had a limit but I he didn't did see at the end anymore, after the talk well yeah. he needed to didn't he oh god yeah but so, so Dave McKean you, you got to go see Dave McKean so yeah so go to Dave McKean and this guy right in front of me every single thing that he's ever done on his own or with Neil Gaiman he brought her to get signed right. and he's like oh can I have a sketch of this as well and da 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 can you do my sketchbook and he's, he's very quick because it's when yeah, he, yeah when he's not doing his meticulous arty stuff yeah. he can get it out good right. um, and so I was um, when it came to me I've got my absolute volume one which he did this big um, dream sketch yeah. in just a white pencil that took up both pages of the interior so you were made up of that yeah signed it to Monkey Mike yay uh, he did my signal to noise as well um, and I, I was I was saying him telling him that uh, uh, some of our bedtime stories as a child Winnie the Pooh and Wolves in the Walls I read you Wolves in the Walls and, Wolves in the, and he was quite wow really I said yeah yeah that's, that's pretty tame that's man. pretty tame for what my dad read me yeah yeah and he was quite impressed I said like throughout my life you've always been a staple though throughout comics or literature it's been you and Neil Gaiman and I've been growing up and I've been doing for I've, I've always been doing that but I've been doing it more and 
because sometimes you get that they're just there to listen to you whilst they're sketching. Yeah. But he would stop sketching, he'd stop signing, he'd look up and he'd speak to me. And he's like, oh, so what are you doing now? What are you doing a comic course? And what are they doing here? What are your tutors like? And he looked through my sketchbook. He said, nice attention to detail. You've got some strong designs there. And he's going through. He told me to stick at it. So I, I have to carry on doing comic art now. Because I promised Dave McKean told I promised Dave McKean I would have. Well, I've told Michael this already. I think he missed a trick. He should have said, would you come and talk to the class? Yeah. Because I think that would be it. And he probably would have done sketchbook as well yeah, so you're gonna have to that frame it exactly up. i hate those bloody speed bump thing and he's he, he kind of seemed a bit not annoyed but he's like yeah i'll do you a quick one. Oh, i didn't get that from him i got oh go on now go on kid i'll do that for you yeah yeah um so he did a great black canary because i'm a i'm a big fan of derwin cook's women and i'm a big <laughs> fan of his of his fishnets we're all a big fan of derwin cook's women we we are yeah um so that was great but, ooh, and that guy. Yeah. He's, he's absolute new frontier and he's Parker Martini and all of his graphic novels and his individual Parker books. Puts them on his table, on his prints, and he just gets up through his sketch and says, can you not do that while I'm sketching? <laughs> and then he kind of did that awkward laughter ease up the tension. Because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't seem to take shit. No, he's he friendly until... It does seem to me uh, yeah, very normal. Yeah, under the table. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> According to the tales he was telling in his talk later on. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. I like yeah. that he was, he's pretty no nonsense. Yeah, I do like that about him. He's a nice middle ground between friendly and grumpy. Yeah. 
he's, he's your grumpy uncle yeah. that let you sit on his knee every once in a while. But he'll growl at you. Yeah. So, and his talk was quite interesting. It was a more formal one. Yeah. Uh, with Chris, and I've forgotten his surname, but he's done an episode of the Fantastic Cast with me and Stephen. And he was a really good interview, wasn't it? Yeah. He it his, was. his early days in his career and how he broke into working with Marvel and DC. It was quite interesting when he was saying what he went through, and it's so obvious in his work. Yeah. He's, when he works as a fashion magazine, yeah. when it's, uh, it's all evident in New Frontier. In, in everything. Yeah, yeah. Selena's, in Selena's big score in Catwoman, where he's got a whirring, the height of fashion. But he literally is. He, he looks like he walks out of the 1950s, 1960s. He does look like he should be sipping a martini. Yeah, he, he carries himself yeah. like he's one of his characters. Yeah, like he should be sipping a martini. Dragging on a cigarette, dipping off his bottom lip. <laughs> he should be wearing the old skinny tie suits yeah. and stuff. And it, it looks more like you should walk into his office and his name's on the door with PI underneath it. Yeah. And he looks like a comic book artist, doesn't he? He does look like. I, I wonder if he's modelled himself on his work or if his work's modelled on him. It does look like he should be hanging around with Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And breaking a few which apparently which apparently uh, isn't too far from the track so Stuart Immanen's talk was really weird because it wasn't it was talk. quite a surprise yeah. yeah Sean Phillips was there winning instead, instead of his missus it was there yeah just sat at the back and they had a draw off yeah well uh, halfway through they would ink each other's draw yeah so Sean Phillips drew Wolverine um Immanen drew Han Solo that's how he pronounced it, Han Solo. Right. And uh, then they swapped and inked each other's work, and the idea being they're going to auction them off yeah. later on for and give the money to the, the festival. So it was quite interesting not only to see that both the different approaches to drawing, because Sean Phillips was saying he's not drawn with a pencil for ages now. Yeah, but it was weird seeing when it came to the pencil stages, Eminem was very, where do I start, what do I do, how do I go in? Sean Phillips, me Sean Phillips got right into it, and he did a great Wolverine, yeah. really quickly. But then when it came to the inking stage... It flipped. Yeah. Didn't it? Phillips was all over the place, he, he put it off. I honestly think he was nervous about inking somebody's work who sat next to him. Especially someone who's so tight. Yeah. Because that was, that. what was remarkable about that is he, he was talking about, they both use a lot of photo reference and they both take photos of themselves yeah. in poses and hands and stuff so they can get it right. But Stuart Immer just whacked out that drawing of, of Han Solo and it looked like Harrison Ford. Yeah. And he didn't have any pictures with him. He's been working on it now enough to... Yeah, he's done five, was it five or six issues of Star Wars? Six, I think, yeah. Right, so he's done it enough now that he could probably just whack that out. But it looked enough like Harrison Ford without him actually referring to a picture of Harrison Ford. And it wasn't just the face as well. Like, that was Han Solo. Yeah, it was the, the, the body stance and, yeah. and all of that stuff. It was, it was great. Right down to the little details, like the flaps on his jacket and the stuff on his belt and... and all the that. line down his pants. Yeah, the red stripe down his legs. Or yellow. Or yellow. Corellian blood, blood stripe. Yeah, and it was really interesting as well to see how Eminem did a fantastic job at aping Phillips on the Wolverine piece. Whereas Phillips, you could tell that was him inking right. Eminem. I mean, he did a good enough job with his fine liner. Yeah. 
himself than he did to both Stuart Immen and like the diverging career paths and, and stuff and working with editors and some interesting tidbits about working with Mike Carlin which is yeah. really like working on the Superman books the first person to draw a character in that month's series if it's a new character they would design it yeah. and the other artist followed the design so they all got to design new characters depending on when a new character appears so that was quite interesting that they both work sequentially like they both start on page one and draw page two page three page four they don't draw the favourite bits first yeah I really liked how Sean Phillips when it comes to a mystery wants, doesn't want to know until he comes to drawing it because he, he doesn't right. want to foreshadow yeah, the exactly. bad guy if, if, you, if he knew something then that would bleed into his work yeah so he doesn't want an Ed Brubaker knows who's done it but he doesn't want to know yeah Specifically for the fade out, which is what he was talking about. I did say it was uh, it was quite interesting. So it was worth getting there early. Yeah. Because we got our Darwin Cooks sets because he, he sketched in my Parker Martini edition. He sketched in my New Frontier. And he sketched in my New Frontier as well. Yeah. And I didn't. I, I after he'd done the Parker, I said to him, "You don't have to sketch in the Parker in the New Frontier one. There's people in the queue behind me." And he said, "There you are." Because there clearly wasn't that many, and I presume he's done enough of these things now to know how long it's going to take him yeah. to do so. I think the thing with me is it was not advertised anywhere on the websites or anything yeah. that they would have their own little bit in the Canadian Quarter. That yeah, Shakespeare Centre had basically been, convert, been converted into the area for all the Canadian creators. Which was quite interesting to see how many there were. Yeah. Once again, it's a small thing. Yeah, but they hadn't advertised it. Yeah. So basically, no one knew they were there. Because we did stumble on some good luck then in that Yeah, case. we had a lot of good luck though. I mean, it was we knew Stuart Immonen was going to be there at 11.30. Yeah. Um, because he actually had a thing outside saying Stuart will be signing it. So if it wasn't for Stuart Immonen then, yeah, wouldn't we have wouldn't our... have got Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook was sat on the side of it. And basically, what, how it worked out for me was I was third in the queue for Stuart Immonen. Yeah. Uh, I got all my stuff off Immonen because I was only having signatures off Immonen. He didn't sketch on any of mine. And Darwin Cook sat down as I was just getting to the table for Stuart Immonen. So the guy in front of me jumped into the Darwin Cook queue. And he was getting his stuff signed and sketched. So I just stepped behind him when I finished with Stuart Immonen. And the guy who works there, what are they called? Not the bodyguards, but you know what I mean. Volunteers. The volunteers or whatever, yeah. He came to me and, and he was, I clearly got the impression he was going to ask me to, to beat tail outside. Yeah. And join the queue. And then he looked at me and said, oh yeah, you were in the queue earlier, weren't you? And I said, yeah, yeah, we were here at the very beginning. We ended up talking to that TV news reporter. And he said, oh, oh that's fine then. You've already queued up. Tell you what, step back a bit for me. And you could be the beginning of the queue. So I'm going to go outside now and tell everyone who's queued 
was the Canadian festival that they brought over here. Yeah. But not also that was they had a TV on playing Canadian things. Yeah. But they had an animated Scott Pilgrim cartoon from Adult Swim that I'd never seen before. That was just animated voice acted scenes from the book. Where have they got that from? I, I don't know. Into it, it was things from the Canadian festival. Yeah. So it was, it was really nice that they'd gone to all that effort. And uh, I liked Canada; it looked a lot like the Light District. Well, I've always been a big fan of Canada. But why is he stopped on the motorway? Ah, uh, has he? Yeah. Right. He's not moving though. That's a bit. Uh, that's a bit he's broken down. There's no hard shoulder. Yeah, very, very possible. So purchase-wise. Uh, Nice little shop that just had a bunch of Marvel UK stuff for 50p. Picked up some stuff, stuff for friends. I didn't see anything for Steven. Right. There was no like complete Fantastic Fours or something I could send him. I was a bit miffed out about that. But I picked up a couple of issues of Planet of the Apes for Scott Gardner. Uh, hardback Marvel UK Star Wars annual for, for Scott Rifle. Same for, for Chris Honeywell. And a couple of issues of Marvel UK's Avengers book for Paul Spataro. I think he'll get a kick out of that. And uh, I picked up a couple of issues of Spider-Man, the UK ones as well. Uh, mostly though, the, the dealers were self-published, self-pressed things like you're going to be doing. Yeah. Isn't it? Which I did come to respect them a lot more than yeah, I ever have Yeah, they're, they're plugging the words yeah. and you're going to be doing that soon as well. So I didn't really have a lot in the way of spur money. I, I get the cheapy bins. And what did I get from the cheapy bins? Uh, that issue of Justice League that we were missing, the yeah. 36 finished off Manipul and Buccoletto's detective comic story, the first story out that I didn't finish. Mm. And this issue of Astro City that I didn't have. Yeah, just a couple of recent ones. Yeah, just a couple of, of um, I can't remember what they were, they're in the back. And uh, a couple of things from the 50p event. I think I picked up a Battlestar Galactica that I didn't have from the recent Dynamite run. Yeah. So there wasn't really a lot in the way of dealer stuff. That's not really what it was, was it? It was more... Uh, self-press and, and getting uh, getting creators in. You got interviewed by some questionnaire thing that I got away with. I did, yeah. What did you get? What did they ask you? Oh, it, it was just essentially feedback. Oh, right. Because I'm assuming it's quite a new thing. Well, they did one last year, didn't they? Right. Was that the first one? I think so. Yeah. And uh, so, because the fact that TV was still there yeah. means that it's still new. So she must have been around for, you know, the little fluffy and finally bit at the end of the news. So she was pleasant enough, which I was that. So it was quite interesting watching her pack all the stuff up, because I was talking to her, I was helping her pack up, and uh, I was saying to her, so you don't have people do all this for you. You set up your own cameras and microphone equipment. She said, yeah, and I go back now and I will edit it. Right. I said, so you don't have a room? 
become universe because she knew what I was on about. Right, okay. So that, that's quite remarkable. I don't know. It may be an apocryphal story as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. But uh, it was quite interesting. Yeah. I didn't spend much money in the way of money. Uh, Ian McKean had a lot of his stuff selling. And did you not buy it? You didn't have any money? No, it, well, it all looked really interesting. It's just, I don't know what any of it is. Right. I'm like, okay, great. You've done a few little triangles and a circle on that's nice, Dave. Was he not selling Mirror Mask? He was. DVD. And he was, sell, he was selling a few uh, DVDs as well. Right. It's just it's one of those things where, say if you walk into a charity shop yeah. or uh, an art store, yeah. it all looks nice and all, it's just you don't know whether you want it or not. Right. So that was it. I enjoyed looking at it, but I didn't want it. No, that's fair enough. And he, he got to give you some sage words of wisdom about uh, yeah. being an artist. So that's nice. Thing. Uh, Thought Bubble and 
setting you back quite a significant amount but of money. Then you're, the flip side of that is you're only paying for what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, but the flip side of that, like you say, you're only. I mean, you would have had Dave McKean been doing something today, you would have gone to that as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. But as it's worked out, we could only go on the one day, and we're we were going to do the Sunday. But this is this is how badly organised the Darwin Cook thing was. I got in touch with the people who were organising on Facebook, and they said they were only signing after the talks. So, is that what Mum said? Yeah. So, it was, it was quite, it was quite a surprise to find that that, that wasn't so. Yeah. And I ultimately think that did us a favour. Mm. Because the people who have got that same reply that I got, will be assuming Darwin Cook will only be signing after his talk at half past two. And the queue, after that talk, was all the way down that little alleyway, wasn't it? He did say it's the limit of two. A limit of two, whereas we had no limit. He did sketches for us. Yeah, it was relaxed. And it, it's turned out Darwin Cook will be sat in the Shakespeare Theatre just signing all day when he's not doing talks. Yeah. Which wasn't advertised anywhere. No, no, it wasn't. So it was that Because it, it very definitely seemed they said, oh yeah, he'll be doing sketches, but he'll be charging. Yeah. But, and he didn't. So do you think it's like an anti Stan Lee? He does what he wants regardless of yeah. what I, he's I think Darwin Cook just does whatever the hell he pleases. Yeah. And if you likes the cut of your jib, he'll do sketches <laughs> for you. And I w- I d- it would have been funny to stick around and see if that guy rubbed his table when he was doing your sketch, if he did anything for him. Or yeah. he just signed him and said, bugger off. That would have been quite amusing. But uh, all told, it was it was a jolly nice uh, a jolly nice outfit. The Canadians themselves were really nice as well. Well, Canadians are, aren't they? Can I have one of these prints? There's none left, but have this one on the wall and have yeah. this book for free. Because we can only give you the one on the wall. Take this present. So that was it was, it was jolly nice. I didn't see Kate beaten anywhere, did you? Yes. Oh, did you? She was in the same room as Devon. Oh, right, I didn't see it. That's why they were selling both of their stuff on that table. Right, I see. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was jolly fun and uh, all all good stuff. So that's gonna be it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're just gonna throw these up, irrespective of sound quality and editing. So you've got a bonus uh, special. Solidified our plans. Right. So we may as well talk about our, our plans. 
Kids comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for review and illustrative purposes only. And no infringement is intended, so don't send your phalanx of highly paid lawyers after us as we have no money. Certainly this show is not turned into a lucrative revenue stream as no money is made from this either, which vexes us. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and no one else. They own them, cherish them and look after them, but are probably not to be taken too seriously. And we can be emailed directly at heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We can also be friended on Facebook by using Hey Kids, all one word as the first name, and Comics as the surname. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. <laughs>